Welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast, a show about property, entrepreneurship, and personal development. This show is designed to give you the foundations and building blocks to move forward on your journey and live a more inspired life. Hello and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fitzgerald, and it's fantastic to have you joining me here today. Well, today's episode is a very special one because not only am I here to help you, uh, to offer you advice, to also be a resounding friend in your ear wherever you listen to this podcast, but this is episode 50, the big 5-0. So I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted with how the podcast has gone, with the response from the podcast from all of you. You, the reviews, everything is inspiring and it keeps me moving forward. I do hope that the content that I put into the podcast is really working for you and you are enjoying it and I have some fantastic interviews lined up as well. So the second 50 that will take us to the ton are going to be truly amazing. So if you've enjoyed the podcast and you can do on iTunes, you could leave me a five star review. That would be amazing. I would be really grateful for it because it does help the podcast get the reach and it also helps to support me moving forward on all of this. So if you can do that, I really appreciate that. Obviously, if you're not on iTunes, you probably there aren't many platforms where you can leave reviews. So don't worry about that. But even if you want to share it on social media or you just want to tell a friend or family member, about it. Again, it just helps with the reach. It helps us move forward and I really appreciate it. And also, if you're having a problem and you want to come and join us in the Facebook groups, we've got the Property Unleashed Facebook group. We've also got the Rent to Rent Business Builder free Facebook group. Come and join us there. And if you've got a question that you'd like me to cover on the podcast or an issue or anything like that, then please put a post in there. Put down that you'd like it to be covered on the podcast. And I am more than happy to go through it and I'll make an episode for you on that. So this is what it's all about. I'm a massive believer in what goes around comes around in life. That is why I offer free tools and resources, which you've probably seen. And if you haven't, they'll be in the descriptions for the podcast or they're on the link if you click it in my bio on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. And you can download a 10 step guide into rent to rent, a deal analyzing spreadsheet to stack those deals in property. Uh, What most people will charge you for, I offer one for free just to give you something back. And also a viewings guide is available at the moment. So you probably already know about these, but if If you don't or you haven't or you've just forgotten about them, then go to the show notes now, click on the links and download these free tools for yourself and see if they help you. I used to do this when other people did it when I was starting out in property and it really helped me to learn and understand what I was doing uh, in any situation that I was looking at. So you can go to all of the different people who specialize in those areas. So for me, it's pretty much rent to rent, although I do and I have lots of knowledge on all the different strategies, purchase lease options, particularly and stuff like that. But again, you'll have other people who are specializing in what they're doing. Follow these guys and girls and a lot of the times they'll be able to help you with their own information as well. And it can really help. Obviously, the more knowledgeable you are, the better you are equipped to move yourself forward into property. So today I wanted to cover a very, very interesting and a very, very tight topic when it comes to people getting over this sort of... um, 
prison cell that they put themselves in of what if I cannot fill my rooms? What if I cannot get tenants to fill my rooms if I'm doing HMOs? And um, what I will do today is we will run through that from a, a video I did on YouTube and I'll cover all of that topic and more for you right here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's move on. What do I do if I can't get tenants for my property? Now, if you've set yourself up for success with the rent to rent and you've made yourself a business, then you are gonna be looking at properties in your area. Now, depending on the area that you're in, uh, whereas I'm, in, I'm sort of in the middle of a very much factory workers and students. So for me, it was clear cut that I either, I either, I would always recommend that you start with one particular area. So it's either you start with students uh, and that's what you wholeheartedly go for and build that up, make that successful. And then if you want to then, you know, sort of utilize the fact that there's uh, factory workers and, and normal shop workers and things like that, then you can do. I wouldn't try and do everything. I would, certainly don't mix properties. If you've got students in one property and then you want to put workers in, that can be a, a recipe for disaster. Plain and simply, students are young. They like to party. They like to chat. They like to maybe be up all night and sleeping in the morning. Potentially, I don't know, but they, they could do. Whereas if you've got somebody who's working shifts and somebody else is making a bit of noise, now they might not be partying, but if they're just not sleeping when everybody else is sort of in the same sleeping cycle, it can make life a bit difficult and give you hassles that you don't want, particularly in HMOs. If you're doing service accommodation and things, then obviously you're looking at the area if you're a seaside resort or you're just in an area where, you know, potentially there's going to be quite a lot of corporate lets or near a big city where people will want to stay. Uh, then you can set yourself up into that manner as well. Obviously, with Booking.com and things, it will take time when you're doing service accommodation to build up. From scratch, if you've if this is your first service accommodation, it could take you quite a bit of time to start getting those bookings, to start getting repeat bookings and building up the cash flow. And I've always found that while service accommodation will earn you more money, and once it's set up and rocking and rolling, is a fantastic strategy. I mean, if you know what you're doing from the from down pat, rent to rent slotted into that to give you more properties is superb. But I myself went down the HMO route mainly because I just wanted to know what I was getting each month. I wanted to know what cash flow was coming in. Um, so I set myself up in that manner so that it was all about HMOs, bringing people in, get them in. As soon as they're in, I know I'm earning that set amount of money and I can structure it and build my business going forward. But then, as I say, which is the whole point of this video, what happens if I can't fill the rooms? Now, as long as you've done your homework, and you've looked at your area and you're trying to get the right tenant type for the area. So where it's students, I wouldn't try and put loads of factory workers or people that are working or a class. I would try and put students in our property and where obviously it's working class and everything. Yes, students might work. They might work there. But why? If it works for the working class, if you're near a town centre, a city centre, put the working class people in those properties. OK, make sure your rooms are of good stature and value for your area. So you will find a lot of old properties have old beds and, and furniture and all of that sort of thing in and, and wood chipping on the walls and stuff like that. Now for students, that can work reasonably well. I think even that market's starting to change now. But if you had to go into an oldish house, change all of the wood chipping, you know, you're gonna start taking wallpaper down 
Plasterboard can fall off the walls, walls can fall to pieces. It can get a very, very expensive game. So you need to have a look at the area where it is. You need to have a look at the condition that the property's in. I've never paid for a refurbishment on a property. If I went into one and it needed a property, or I have gone into them and they do need work, I always negotiate with the landlords for them to potentially pay for the work needed. If not, maybe I will pay for the work, but it'll come off of the guaranteed rent that I offer them until it's paid back. Why? Because it's not my property. But I will guarantee that I give the property back in the manner and status and the same condition that I've took it on. So how are you going to get tenants to come and stay in your property or even take your rooms? Well, first things first, as I say, if you know your areas and you know your tenant types, you're onto a good winner. Okay. If your rooms are then to a good standard, if you look at the area, if you go into spare room, put your postcodes in, look at the type of rooms and look at how they look in that area, okay? You can go into spare room and you can look at how many people are advertising for rooms and how many rooms are actually advertised in the area, and you can look at that. But what I will tell you now is there is so much, um, so many people out there now that don't actually even advertise themselves on spare room, but will message you for rooms um, that, those numbers really get thrown off. But if you know your area, you know there's good working uh, people in the area or, or students in the area. As I say, I will just go on to workers for, the, for, for argument's sake here. So there's a good working class in the area. Your rooms are at the standard where uh, everybody expects them to be. So they're nice, clean, tidy, maybe got a feature wall. Uh, they're dressed well and they look like the pictures. So what you'll find is more and more, when you do more and more viewings and things, rooms get grotty, rooms aren't looked after, and rooms don't always look like the pictures. I've walked into properties before where I've gone, is this the same house that I've just seen these pictures on? So make sure that your rooms look like the pictures because if people are coming through viewings and the room looks like the picture, they're more likely to take the room. Then you're in the driving seat. Then it's all about whether you want that tenant in your property, whether they, you know, reference checks and everything are, are satisfactory for you. It's more you choosing the people that go in than the people choosing to live in your property, if that makes sense to you. So I always make sure that my rooms look exactly like the pictures so that when people walk in, they're like, yes, I like this. This is why I'm here, because I like the picture and the room just validates that. If you do that, I've found that you will fill your rooms in quick time. Also, just be mindful of the nature of the time of year. August is predominantly a bad month for people wanting to move into properties because everybody's gone on holiday. And December and January can be as well. I find in December, there's something that happens in December that really everybody sort of focuses on. So they're not always looking at moving. And the first couple of weeks of January, most people have still got a hangover from the festive periods. So that can be slow as well. So if you take on a property around those times and you're struggling to fill your rooms, don't panic. Just write it out. Keep keep your adverts on. Keep um, keep making sure that you know people know these rooms are available, and people will start to take the rooms. Now, worst case scenario as a rent to rent business is you just cannot fill the rooms. Let's say, for argument's sake, you've just made a bit of a faux pas, maybe in your judgment, and you've got a property in a, in an area that just will not fill. 
That is why when we do our contracts with the landlords or letting agents or whoever we're using, we make sure we have a break clause in those contracts. Now, we don't ever really want to be issuing a break clause, but we have one there just, just in case to cover ourselves. So I tend to have a six-month break clause because most of my tenants are on six-month agreements. So if they did want the property back and they wanted it empty, I obviously can make sure that um, the tenants are given good notice and that they might have to move on. I can't really see why, if you've got good tenants in a property, paying their rents, why the landlords or anybody else would want the tenants out, but make sure you cover yourself because everybody's different and will ask for different things. So basically you put a break clause in your contracts, which is quite understandable. Remember, this is a business to business agreement. This is, we don't do things on ASTs and stuff like that. We're not a tenants, we're a property management company, we're a rent to rent business. So you can issue the break clauses. And if you've set yourself up for success and listened to some of my other videos, you know that the landlords are as important as the properties. You need people you can work with. You need people you can talk to. So if you've got a landlord who's understanding, you can talk to them about these things. If they don't want to know, you can issue the break clause. But if they're quite happy to work with you at maybe a discounted rate until you do finally fill the rooms, because most of the time, if you speak to the landlord, you'll find they don't want the properties back. They want you to do your job. But they will work with you a lot of the time. Not everybody, not everybody. There's, you know, different people out there. But a lot of the time, most savvy investors, most savvy landlords will work with you um, and will want to see you succeed because by you succeeding, it means they've got a free and easy life. So make sure that you're transparent with people and you can talk to the owners and and, and stuff like that as well. And, and yeah, just make sure that your rooms look like they should look. Make sure you market your rooms well. The same with serviced accommodation. Make sure your property is up to standard. Do checks, do random checks on your property as well, just to make sure that the tenants are doing their jobs, i.e. putting the rubbish out, making sure they're looking after things, making sure they're not just leaving things grubby because we all have you know, a responsibility. Uh, so you have your house rules and everything in there as well to sort all of that out. But I would say if you've got your area right, if you've got your tenant type right for the area, you're on to a winner. I haven't actually physically seen myself, uh, anybody have major problems filling their rooms. I've seen a few where it took a bit of time to fill the rooms, but that was more the nature of the time of year. So obviously with students as well, it's this sort of time of year you wanna start advertising and marketing for people to come in in July you know, and August. So there are different uh, seasons for whatever market you do. Just make sure you know what you're doing, you know the seasons that you need to be operating in and you need to be looking in, and that's it. You shouldn't have any major issues with tenants. Everybody will tell you the market's saturated. Listen, the market is saturated. There's, a, there's HMOs everywhere, you know? Any, any towns, cities, or anything like that are filled with HMOs, but they're not always very good HMOs. They're not always ran very well, so if you're running the properties well, and you're doing a good job, then you're onto a winner. I do find, not all the time, but I do find a lot of the time in my properties, if a room becomes available, I send a message out to the tenants and a lot of the time they'll fill the room for me. They'll have a friend or they'll know somebody and as long as they check out, I'll use them uh, and I'll fill the room with those guys and I'll pay them a little referral fee or buy them a little nice present for helping me out. So. You, there's loads of different tactics you can use. If you are really seriously struggling, you know, uh, I, I do a lot of training on that sort of thing to make sure, uh, you know, as a rent to rent business, we have to stay full. We have to keep the rooms uh, filled and we have to keep uh, everybody happy and everything in order. So 
feel free to reach out to me if you are having trouble filling your rooms or, or even getting clients for your service accommodations. And if I can help you, I most certainly will help you. Again, have a look at the guides, the freebies, the free downloads, see if they're of use to you. It can help you move forward on your property journey. As always, thank you for joining me here and I look forward to joining you next week. You all take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and share the podcast with others. And if you could take a minute to leave the show a review, that would really mean a lot to me as well. Lastly, why not head over to the Property Unleashed Facebook group? And if you do, I'll see you there. Take care and make sure you keep focusing on your vision. Bye for now.